one second. I am so excited. I have one of my good friends, one of my favorite boutiques every time I go to New York. I'm so excited. I finally convinced her to get on the call with me. I know it's an exercise in trust and growth as we both continue to um, promote our brands individually. Um, I am a avid customer and shopper of her. I stalk her all the time. Please <laughs> welcome Danielle of Revy Mode to the show. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. So tell us, every, tell everyone who you are, what you do, what your brand is, where you're located. Yeah. Um, so my name is Danielle. I'm the owner of Revy Mode of Vintage, uh, located in New York, based out of New York and um, in Brooklyn specifically. But I did just open my showroom in Manhattan. Um, so my brand is you know, curated vintage and then some up upcycled vintage pieces as well. Um, so, you know, I put different collections together. Um, I source a lot of jewelry, um, a lot of like really pretty silk pieces um, that sometimes I upcycle those. And yeah, just a lot of vintage goodness. <laughs> Amazing. So what made you start your brand? Like, tell us the, the details of why you got started, why vintage, why curated um, approach to it. Um, so I guess, you know, it goes back to when I was younger, <laughs> like way, way, way back. Um, I feel like I was almost groomed a little bit because my mom would always bring me with her, like on all her treasure hunts at the thrift stores, um, at like flea markets. And she also did pop-ups, you know, back in the day too, back in the 90s. Um, they weren't called pop-ups back then, but um, she did the original pop-ups. <laughs> um, so I used to kind of tag along with her. And then as I got older... Um, I just, you know, started to get into it myself, going to thrift stores, and I always kind of liked more unique pieces. Um, this is like a fun fact about me, because a lot of people don't know this, but I grew up in like a, a kind of a stricter household, really religious, and we had a, like some, like strict um, dressing guidelines. So I wasn't allowed to wear pants or earrings or jewelry. So I, I had to find like creative ways to style myself, um, just to kind of set myself like not not to blend in, but to kind of like just discover my own style within those guidelines of dressing. Um, so that's kind of when I started to get into like thrifting myself and just going to find cool pieces that I can incorporate into my wardrobe when I could only really wear like skirts and like uh, shirts with like sleeves and things like that. So, um, you know, I would go to the stores with my friends and find like the vintage pieces where I was just always drawn towards them. They, they had cool patterns, beautiful textures. Um, and then when I got older, you know, I started working in retail um, and I kind of learned more of the business aspect of things. And I was like, okay, I really kind of, I, I enjoy this. I got into management. I was in that industry for over 10 years. And then I got into the operation side of things and I got to see a different angle. Um, and actually it was a resale, a resale um, company. So I was like, you know what? I've been in the industry for a while now. And I feel like I've gotten to see both sides of things. And this is something I genuinely enjoy doing. I love resale. I love the, the sustainability aspect of it. I love the unique pieces that you can find. I love putting things together. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to try and do this on my own and, and see what happens. That is amazing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that because it's like every, I feel like especially probably women, we, we all kind of have some fashionistas and stylists inside of us. Um, mm -hmm. that we don't recognize or we don't find it as a useful skill until we, you know, we find our passion and we start these businesses. But hands down, probably 90% of the people that I've talked to on the podcast, we completely 
fallen in love at some point in our lives with vintage and thrifting and upcycling and you know creating our own personal style and probably had more fun doing that than walking in any, into any mass produced brand store right yeah. mm -hmm. or a retailer, you know the malls and the things that are kind of slowly slowly dying out right mm -hmm. between brooklyn manhattan and los angeles we have kind of we do have some you know high-end designer stores and things like that the fashion capitals but even more popping up now is this upcycled is this vintage is this thrifted type of look that people are just dying over mm -hmm. how have you seen it change like did you see um your customer base expand like when i met you in brooklyn you had all these other great brands around you and i had came like the crazy person off the internet like, <laughs> in real life I, she's gonna think i'm crazy i don't know i love it <laughs> this is my genuine self i talked to strangers and I was like, I'm coming to your showroom. And I waited after my meeting and I was like, I'm coming, Danielle. So how have you seen the shift from Brooklyn being surrounded with other great brands to now moving to Manhattan, my other favorite city, um, to really expand the brand? Um, so I was originally in Soho um, and I'm not in that space anymore, but you know, surprisingly or not surprisingly, the customers did follow me to Brooklyn. And then now like the customers that I had in Soho and the customers I have in Brooklyn are starting to come to the showroom. So it kind of expanded in that way. One great thing that I've really noticed is that once you find like a vintage brand that you feel like you connect with, or just like curation, I would say, right? Because it's more of a curation, um, the customers stay. Because you're like, I know she finds really great pieces. I like her style. I'm gonna, you know, really shop with her. So that's one thing I've noticed. Um, like it, building a clientele has been like, has been key for my business. So you know, it, it shows me that no matter where I go, you know, they'll kind of follow me, which is is great, or work with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we were talking about this as we were prepping for this meeting. Is there's thousand and one brands of any one commodity. Uh, an example I love to use is bread. Right, lots of bread in the grocery stores different types of grocery stores for different different graphics, different demographics of people, but everybody gets a chance to have their bread seen and possibly sold or trying a new piece, right? But once mm -hmm. they find like what you're talking about, it's you, right? Yeah. It's you. I have thousands of one thrift stores in LA and I shop them, but it always comes back. I'm like, what is Danielle doing? I need to go <laughs> I'm going to New York and I know there's gonna be some great pieces. Um, even when you were transitioning to the new showroom, I was like, is everything online yet? When are you going to put these things online? I know. That, that's always my biggest feat, right? <laughs> is getting the things up online. Before they sell out, probably. Yeah, yes, that's true. I'm like, okay, I have to now, you know, I'm getting to the point where, okay, trying to be, you know, a little bit more strategic about things. Let me hold these pieces and not bring them to like the pop-up. Let me just hold them specifically in the showroom for the website. If somebody wants to come to the showroom ahead of time, they can, and you know they'll get first access to those pieces. But now I'm at the point where I'm just holding pieces uh, specifically for the website, so that they don't sell in person. Because <laughs> that would happen. Like I'll I'll even like write out a whole listing. I'll take pictures of a piece, and then I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll bring it to um I'll bring it to Brooklyn, and then I sell it. And I'm like, I'm even like I have like seller's remorse. I'm like, I, I wanted to show this online, <laughs> and I don't get a chance to do it. <laughs> 
and that customer ran so far away from you so you can't do anything to ask them not any questions yeah <laughs> amazing it's amazing so tell us like for those that are not familiar like what was the reason that you moved out of soho into now your big showroom okay so i always i guess i worked in retail for a while and i just had a little bit of like a different idea of like how i wanted to grow my business and, and you know like what i really wanted to focus on and I'm, it's still just me for so for like the number one reason is it's just me um the soho location it was operating seven days a week which was great i you know like i said i built up a really a decent clientele and i met some great people there and made some really great connections um just like pure connections as well but you know i was like okay i need to you know look at the business from this angle what can i manage by myself because at that time you know i just had like my friend helping me and um you know my my niece and i was like okay i think i need to take a step back for a second um there were some things happening in my personal life as well so i didn't have as much time so i was like oh, i'm gonna take a step back focus a little bit more online and you know when the time is right i always wanted to have the showroom i wanted to have a space that i could work out of and you know have customers and clients come to, you know, to personal, like to private shop. Um, so I said, you know, when the time is right, I'll get that space and I'll invest in that. Um, so that's kind of why I moved out of the space in Soho. I also have my pop-up in Brooklyn, which I was kind of doing both simultaneously. Um, I was in and out of Brooklyn here and there, but then I decided, okay, I'm going to have my, my kind of home base in Brooklyn and that's open um, on the weekends, which is easy for me to manage as a team of one. Um, and then you know, I'll, like I said, when I, when I, when the time was right, I was going to open up the showroom. And so that's kind of what I did. I, I took a little bit of time off, like just a little bit. I always had the space in Brooklyn, but I took a little bit of time off um, from like selling full time and um, invested in this showroom just so I can have my own, my own space. That was important to me to have my own space that, you know, my customers could come to and that I could work out of. Congratulations. It's is a huge feat. You went through, like you mentioned, personal obstacles, uh, not a timing at all for anything that you're trying to do with your business, especially being the solo founder. Um, but kudos to you because a lot of people, you know, when they start businesses, they're scared to start because of, you know, what people will say close to them. Mm -hmm. um, they're scared to start because they think that they can't do it all. Believe me, you, you know that you can do everything in your business because mm -hmm. some part of your past experience has prepared you. Now the thing will change over time. And of course you need a team, but kudos to you for already figuring it out and pushing through to get to that own, sp your own space and your own brand and to just really grow and flourish from here. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to take a little, a little bit of a step backwards to take a step forward in That's the right, right. direction. Mm -hmm. Right. Thinking about how you want to, you know, optimize the things that you were doing well, what worked well in Soho, you know, what worked well to pop up and you really bring together this full space. And it is beautiful. I can't wait. Thank you. It. Yeah, you're welcome. I, can't, I would wish I, like I said, I wish I was there in May, but I'm still coming in August. Um, for all those that don't know that are listening and if you've been following our channel, you'll start to see it now. We have expanded our team as well. We'll be going to um, the Hamptons in New York. So we're definitely going to meet it with our fa favorite affiliates brands um, such as Revy Mode Vintage. So I'm excited to come see you and support you um, anyway and everywhere I can. 
Thank you. I'm excited too. I can't wait. I love when people stop by. I just, I don't know, warms my heart for people to like see the space in person because we did spend a lot of time kind of getting the space together. Um, My dad and my husband helped me with that. So I decorated everything. Like there's a lot of vintage incorporated into the space as well too. Um, So I don't know. I just love when people come and see it in person. It's not, yeah, you, you won't be disappointed when you go stop by. It is beautiful. And I've only seen pictures online and your, you know, your marketing stuff. So it's beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. Um, so yeah, tell us more. So we have this kind of tradition on off the rack is where we talk about clothes, obviously off the rack. A lot of us are in fashion um, and in sustainability with a focus on the um, diversity. We have a lot of black and brown founders. We have a lot of those in the Asian community. Um, we actually have a few men partners this year. So we're excited to kind of continue this with other brands that are tackling sustainability or with diverse um, attributes as well, be more inclusive, uh, which is what we're all about. So tell us how you continue to support, I guess, well, I'm going to show you a different one. So our, our theme was, you know, how do you support sustainability beyond Earth Day? Well, you're, you're an upcycled brand. So mm-hmm. uh, you've kind of shared some of that, but share why clothing, elaborate more on why fashion was so important to you. I mean, you spoke about your mother, you spoke about she did the original pop-ups in the 90s like talk to us more about you know why you feel fashion is so important to you to your brand um any way you want to approach it yeah i guess for me you know i really do look at fashion and style as a way of you know self-expression as like a lot of people do um so that's what was important to me um I feel like, now this might sound corny, but like if you look good in what you're wearing, if you or you, if you feel like you look good, you just you feel better. So I I don't know. I just I love that aspect of it, um, and that's kind of why it's important to me. And I love to pass that on to people. Um, so dressing others and styling them in pieces that they genuinely love. Um, I don't know. It 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 does something for me. I I love that that piece of it. So that's kind of why it's important to me. And then you know, tying in the sustainability aspect of it that, you know, we're doing something good for the environment, you know, kind of, you know, taking a step backwards from overconsumption and, and you know, using things that are already here. Um, it just adds to it. I feel like I'm doing my part a little bit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked to a lot of people attacking it from different sides and different angles and, you know, putting their spin on it because it takes a community, right? We're going to, we know that we'll, going to need to produce clothing but at to your point at the rate probably not so much there's a lot of things that are here so why can't we find um you know stylists and brands like you that have a curated aspect that we like to styling and maybe give us a fresh look on these clothes that you know we bought for the moment we bought for the night and that we're putting back into this environment right mm-hmm. so would you say that fashion is more important because of the the ability to have self-expression about right yeah so you cut out for one second you said the ability to have self-expression yeah like is that you find that that's really the true importance of fashion and what fashion does for people i think so yeah i would i would say that for sure i would say that for sure i kind of like use my husband as an example Uh, (laughs) i'm always trying to dress him and he does not want me to dress him because he feels like it takes a little piece away from, I don't know, it, it feels oh. like it takes a little bit of 
piece away from him if he's if I'm dressing him, which I kind of understand, right? Because that's his way of exp expressing himself is through how he dresses. So um, I understood that because that's that's what fashion does for me as well. So yeah. Do you guys give like maybe his style was not where your style is or it's not the same, but at the same time, does he find like some things that you propose to him may change his style or add to how he feels or he's, he has his own style. He's not influenced by you. He doesn't want to hear it. I think now he's influenced for sure. Uh, it just takes a little bit of uh, melting the ice. <laughs> like I had to melt the ice a little bit because at first he's like absolutely not <laughs> like, I'm like let me style you let me go pick out some stuff at first he was like absolutely not but then like little by little you know I, I picked out some pieces here and there and so now I'll just like buy things and you know he he might wear them and that's kind of how we we go about it but I try not to like um force my styling or on him you know because it's on his terms you know when he's yep. feeling like it I agree. I, it's I individuality, buy, you know? Exactly. I had to buy a lot of things for research, uh, re reference pieces and stuff. So when I was designing the men's collection, I was like, okay, this is what I think that I want to buy. And I hadn't put it on. He didn't wear it. But then when my stuff came, he's like, oh, yeah, no, you did good. And I was like, hey, squatting it. Like, is, are you sure? Like, because you didn't like this one, but you like this. Like, and I don't know if it's because it's my stuff or. So I, I get you, like some stuff he won't wear. And then like, now I'm asking him more questions to bring more men's line. And he's like, looking at me, like, don't start. But <laughs> when I took him to a thrift store, cause he's like, you're always gone. You say you'll be right back. And then you're at a thrift store for like hours when I'm supposed yeah, to Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah. Exactly. And then he went with me one time. He's like, this is amazing. Like, Oh, what? wow. Well, see, that's great. You're a step further than me. I, I could barely get my husband to go to a thrift store with me. He'd rather sit in the car, but one day. Really? Yeah, he's it's not his thing. Mm -mm. Well, he's a photographer. He should be able to put like to some photo project together to like make this happen. I know. Yeah, that's that's probably how I can convince him. Maybe if I can say like, "Hey, can you come film me?" Because <laughs> he loves doing videos <laughs> and like little projects. Then I could get him to come inside. But there you go. <laughs> normally, he's like, "No." They're like, babe, can you get some B some B roll of me like browsing the racks? Exactly. I, I can speak his language. We can. I, I can send you some prompts, and you're, you're gonna get them in the store soon enough. Thank you. <laughs> Where did you come up with this idea? Like, don't worry about it, honey. Well, then you cut it cut out one sec. I can hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, now I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our internet here just. There's been a heat wave the last couple of weeks, so yeah, it's been in and out. So I apologize. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you do without technology, right? Exactly. Awesome. So give us where we can find you now. What's coming up? Anything coming up for the next? I know people are still going on resorts and later half the year's resort season. This, you know, summer travel just started. What are some things that you are doing in the showroom to help your clients get prepared? Where can they find you? Can they make appointments to come stop by? Uh, give us all the details. Yeah, so you can find me um, every weekend in Brooklyn. Actually, we're open um, Thursday through Sunday now in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. Um, also, my online shop, revimo.com. I am uploading weekly, you know, trying to upload as many pieces as I can per week. But um, so that's another spot that you can find me at. And then my showroom. So it's by appointment. Um, there will be a link on my website where you can kind of book an appointment and then you could also direct message me through Instagram to book a styling appointment. Um, and then in, as terms of, in terms of what I have coming up, 
I'm working more on like my rework collection. So that's going to be like my big focus for the rest of the summer um, is to really just bring you guys more upcycled um, pieces from Revy Mode. So I'm really excited about that because I have some uh, some ideas that I think are cool and I think everyone will enjoy them as well. So um, I'm excited to like show the world those pieces. It's going to be so amazing. I know people are, I know myself, I'm getting ready to put my outfit and my looks together for New York. And mm -hmm. I'm so excited. So I know other people are getting ready for the same thing. What should they pack in their suitcase? What kind of things they should take with them? And then it's, it's almost like um, people are having different, it's redefining what luxury is, right? Luxury was more, you know, having a personal stylist was more reserved for the, the super rich and wealthy. But now I feel like with brands such as yours and the the attention that you give to your clients. And even when I stop by for the brief moment, moment, like my kimono that I still wear to this day, it's like, I remember when I was styled and the pieces that you put together, like it's, it's such an experience that I think everyone should um, take part in. Yeah. That's, I love that you said like the word experience. Cause that's something that like, I feel like is important for my brand as well. And that was another reason why, you know, I, wanted to invest in the showroom and have this space. Obviously, you know, it's not it's not necessary, but I wanted to give my customers the experience. Because like you said, luxury is kind of redefined, right? Like you don't have to spend a million dollars to have, you know, a luxury experience. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I want to do here. So, you know, I'll have my clients come in. If they want champagne, they can have champagne, water, coffee, you know, I'll have those things available. And, you know, they have a private shopping experience and they don't have to spend, you know, a crazy amount of money. Um, so... Yeah, and you actually get more. I remember I spent like not crazy expensive, but two hundred dollars, and I got all these great pieces, curated mm -hmm. closet. Because um, I'm always going to events, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I definitely um, participate in you know the Fix Collective, which is my friend Daisy here out of Los Angeles, um, and then yeah, like she has great pieces, and as she expands her collection, and she has a lot of luxury brands and labels in there, and smaller brands, but then even when you know, I want something that I can keep all the time. I mean, you can definitely buy from her, um, which is the other problem because we end up renting it and then we buy it. And then, you know, <laughs> yep. the cycle of things, people end up throwing it back in the thrift store. So I always like to find those pieces. Like I shop your site to find those curated, like staple pieces that mm -hmm. I know that I can wear up, like can wear down or um, use as my closet long-term. Because as you start to mature in age, you definitely have more, event type clothing but you don't yes. shop essentially for the the um you know the everyday you know that's true Very and we got to get out of these leggings and these sweat I'm, I'm big fan when i'm running to the post office for sure but like you know other times i want to be you know like they saw call it like luxury chic i don't need a whole bunch of brand labels on me but i want to feel like my aesthetic is very couture high-end luxury you know clothing yeah and I'm going to give off that vibe and the, that styling. Thank you. I mean, I try. I'm not like big into, you know, like name brands, but yeah, like I feel like I disagree with what you're, what you said about luxury being redefined. You don't have to have, you know, a million brand names on you or spend a million dollars, like being, you know, well put together. Yep. And you can do that with, 
vintage and um, sustainable brands. I find it actually harder to go into like a department store or a big brand that's in a mall or, you know, these type of retailers. But when I go to a thrift store, I can put together like 10 different outfits. It's the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. I guess because everything is not the same. So it gives me variety and what I'm looking for instead of saying, okay, these, these are our options. I don't have anything I can mix and match it with. But when I go to the thrift store, I'm like, okay, I found shoes and then I found a bag. And then I'm like, okay, let me re-edit this. And now I can put this bag back and add this hat. Like it just, it gives me so much variety. So yeah. But, you know, like it's like the possibilities are endless in the thrift store. But like, like you said, when you go to, you know, the mall or like a store, a regular store, you know, it's just like, this is what I have to work with. And like, you might, it might work. It, it might not. And then you have to go to another store, but like, in a thrift store, I really do. I agree. I feel like the possibilities are endless. You're going to find something that'll work. And it, and most of the time it works for multiple different occasions as well, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You are officially our last one of the, the official last podcast of the start of the summer as people start to shift away, start to go on vacation and hopefully taking time offline um, not online, unless you're a business owner trying to get everything out before this summer, yep. but <laughs> you and I, yep. you and I, uh, but I love it. So we definitely will pick this up again. We'll check back in with you. I'll put all everything in the show notes for everyone to reach you and to participate and support not only a black owned business, but sustainability, um, with some great vintage pieces, uh, whether you here in New York or LA, obviously you ship. But it's so great to speak with you and catch up on everything that you're doing, that you're doing well. And I can't wait to um, what we're going to talk about after this, which, you know, the viewers won't know. Maybe she'll join us in Hampton. So yes, yeah. I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, I'm so glad to speak with you again. I can't wait to talk to you again soon and have a great week. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you.